This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Cloudy today with a slight chance of afternoon rain, high near 41. Tonight, slight chance of rain and snow, cloudy skies, low around 33. Friday, cloudy with a slight chance of snow mixing with rain and a high near 37. A power outage disrupted things for thousands of people in the city of Binghamton yesterday. The electric service disruption started just after noon on Wednesday. A NYSEG spokesperson said utility crews were working to determine the cause of the outage. About 3,100 customers on Binghamton's east side were affected by the power interruption, which lasted for about 46 minutes. People working near the intersection of the Brandywine Highway and Frederick Street reported hearing a loud boom that sounded like an explosion. Dark smoke poured from a small building that houses a generator to provide backup power for a city pumping station at the site. City workers said the smoke was emitted as the generator kicked on. They said there was no explosion or fire. Traffic signals weren't operating at many intersections. Police officers were dispatched to direct traffic at some of the busiest spots. Public works crews placed stop signs at some intersections. A speeding vehicle careened up a roadway in Vesto and smashed into a post office van before slamming through a wall at a popular business. The incident happened shortly after 1.30 p.m. Wednesday on Vesto Road between Murray Hill Road and the Vesto Parkway. An Eastern van struck a westbound U.S. Postal Service delivery vehicle, hit a mailbox, and crashed through a wall of the White Rose Day Spa. The driver of the minivan apparently experienced a medical problem, causing him to lose control of the vehicle. Vestal firefighters freed the driver, who was then transported to Wilson Medical Center. About eight people were inside the business at the time of the crash. Several of them were evaluated for possible injuries. The minivan wound up completely inside the business. A fire reportedly erupted in the engine compartment of the wrecked vehicle. NYSE crews were dispatched to the scene to shut off electricity and gas to the building. On January 29th, Cortland County deputies from the Civil Division were attempting service at 171 Homer Avenue in the city of Cortland. Deputies were confronted at the door by a male subject with a gun, and the Cortland City Police Department and State Police responded to assist. Multiple unsuccessful attempts were made to de-escalate the situation, and the subject fired upon the officers. Gunfire was exchanged within the residence, and the subject was struck. The subject was treated on scene by EMS and transported to Upstate Medical Center in Syracuse, where he currently remains in stable condition. No officers were hurt, and the New York State Police have assumed control of the investigation. According to a Novello Airlines representative, plans are for the airline to take a seasonal break for flights out of the Greater Binghamton Airport to Orlando. A Novello Airlines communications manager told WNBF News that service between Binghamton and Orlando will continue as normal through April 6th. Flights will occur on Saturday, April 20th and 27th. After those flights, Novello Binghamton to Orlando flights plan to be on a seasonal break. 
Avello Airlines is working with the Greater Binghamton Airport on timing and scheduled to bring back the route for midsummer. Their booking schedule nationwide currently goes through June 11th of 2024 across the entire network. According to Republican Chairman Benji Fetterman, Bench Binghamton has been selected to host the 2024 Republican statewide nominating convention to be held February 21st through the 22nd. Republican County Chairs, State Committee members, party activists, and local supporters will convene at the Doubletree by Hilton in downtown Binghamton. It's the first time in nearly 20 years Broome County will play host to a state Republican nominating convention. New York State Governor Kathy Hochul nominated Stephen G. James as the top leader of the state police force. If the state Senate agrees, he would be the second black person confirmed to hold the rank of superintendent and the third to lead the 5,000-member force, which has struggled for years to diversify its ranks. Hochul said at the nomination event that the selection was very intentional. James has served with the state police for more than 32 years, most recently serving as deputy superintendent for employee relations. James said in a prepared statement that he felt lucky for the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Nearly 3,500 people have been exonerated of, of crimes in the U.S. since 1989, and $4 billion has been paid in compensation. But it's rare for anyone to be held accountable for wrongdoing that leads to flawed convictions. A Philadelphia case could change that. District Attorney Larry Krasner hopes to prove that the three retired detectives perjured themselves at the retrial of a now-exonerating man originally convicted of rape and murder. Former detectives Martin Devlin, Manuel Santiago, and Frank Jeskrabski want a judge to dismiss the case. Experts in the exoneration community can cite just a handful of efforts to charge police or prosecutors in their cases. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. News Radio Joseph, this is Binghamton Now for Thursday, February 1st, 2024. Good morning. Welcome to our broadcast. I'm here till noon, and we will be taking your phone calls in the order in which they're received. So, have any intention to calling? Now is a great time. Get your call in. Act early to avoid disappointment. 607-772-1290. We aim to provide the best listening experience for you. This is a program that is different from all others. All the others have their own place in the media ecosystem, and there's nothing wrong with them. There are many, many, many programs out there to inform and entertain you. However, this program has no script. This program has no agenda. This program has no talking points. So that's what makes it different. 
Can any other program say that? No. Not to my knowledge. If you find a better program, listen to it. In the meantime, enjoy live, local information and conversation right here. 607-772-1290. If at some point you don't like an opinion, stay tuned. Because you'll hear another opinion that you'll probably like. That's how it works. That's exactly how it works at WNBF. We're here serving our community. And WNBF has been doing this for about a century. It's pretty impressive. Let's take a call. Let's start things off on this Thursday morning to find out what the people have to say. Good morning, people. You're on the air. Yeah, I'm, I'm a people, uh, John, from Binghamton. That, that was the name of uh, the people's place was the name of Tommy Hilfiger's store in Elmira, by the way. By the way, you mentioned Hilfiger. And I know a little bit about him, but I don't know enough to understand how he grew up in Elmira and then became the global success story. Is Can you sum up Tommy Hilfiger's success in one sentence? What, what was the key to him getting out of Chemung County? I mean, uh, to an extent, uh, NBC's Brian Williams got out of Chemung County for a bit before he started lying on the air, but that's that's a whole different story. What what contributed most, do you think, to Tommy Hilfiger's success? Uh, he went bankrupt in El- Elmira and stuck a lot of people, and then he uh, went to the head of the, no other choice but to go to New York. Is that true? Sure. Okay. And uh, <laughs> uh, I knew him. I, 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 you know, I had an encounter with him uh, back in, the, you know, after the flood. Uh, no, actually, before the flood. Really? Yeah, and I, I thought he sort of he had long hair, and he sort of had the mannerisms and looked like the guy on Laughing, Alan Sue's. Really? And I, yeah, and 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 when I went in there, you know, it was I think it was the week of the Grand Prix, and he said, "Oh, the Europeans are buying everything," you know, and I, I looked over his store, and it was a big store, but he he uh, was saved. Uh, he got. Big by the flood, and uh, oh, really? Because now, yeah. of course, of course, like all good researchers, I gravitate immediately to the source of all information, Wikipedia. You can trust Wikipedia um, for some things, not for everything. But yeah, it's interesting. He, according to the Wikipedia entry, he graduated from Elmira Free, Elmira Free Academy in 1969. And he went to GST BOCES, the Bush campus in Elmira. And then it tells a little bit about his early business experience. Huh. Interesting. Uh, What happened is he had about, he got up to about six stores. Uh, He had a lease in the uh, Geneseo, on on a Geneseo campus in the student activity seats. That was one of them. Uh, He went to Ithaca and he, uh, the guy that was Mr. Ithaca, he was a haberdashery up there, sort of taught him the ropes. But uh, uh, I and, and it was funny because to this day, people in Elmira don't don't have a good opinion of him because I was at an arbitration hearing with a, a very famous uh, judge who was conducting it up there. It was an old line uh, 
uh, Elmira person, and and uh, I had mentioned Tommy Hilfiger in answering a question, and boy, he jumped on that. He says he stuck everybody, you know. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I do see uh, a business, the People's Place business he had went bankrupt in 1972 or 77, according to the Wikipedia entry. Yeah. Well, I'll have to. I'll have to read up. I just thought. Well, I I didn't realize there was a bankruptcy in his past. I didn't I didn't realize well, that was part well, of. And again, there I don't know that there are many people who go on to succeed in the world of business who haven't had something like that. Some rough patches, a single bankruptcy, multiple, or even in the case didn't Thomas J. Watson Senior have some sort of uh, run in. Uh, accused of criminality when he worked for a national cash register. I believe he did. Yeah, yeah. but you know, hey, he but, put he put that he put that nastiness behind him, and then came to upstate New York to uh, do what he did. <laughs> Tend to come. It's well, there was actually I don't know if it was when he had he started with the jeans, and back then it was very easy to get back in the jean to the jean business, and then he sort of. Uh, uh, got into the preppy look, but what he did, he did a Grand Funk Railroad. He used the same Times Square uh, billboard uh, uh, that Grand Funk used, and he put up this uh, promotional piece. He said, the four greatest men's fashion designers are, and he had RL, of course, for Ralph Lauren, CK for Tommy Hilfiger, and I forgot what the other one was, but he had T.H. for Tommy Hilfiger. And Calvin Klein, who he worked for, said, you know, I've been in this business for like 35 years. And you have the audacity to, to do that. I was so going to anyway. say that was the first word that came to mind. Um, rather audacious. Yeah. But then but again, a lot of people in the world of business are rather audacious. If you If you want to succeed... You don't have to be too audacious, but if you want to succeed much greater than most of the others, probably the more audacity, the better. I think you could find many examples of that. I won't name names at the moment, but you know, yeah, we can was, see that everywhere. It, his, his only innovation, his only innovation and the thing that saved him was the uh, puffer jacket, the long, the long uh puffer winter coat that the rappers embraced. That was in 92. That was his big, uh, big uh, success. But anyway, when I was in Elmira yesterday, I looked at, I was tempted to go and make a homemade sign and put it in front of the sign of, of where the, the people are and say, they got out, you can too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> did, did they ever uh, erase or paper over the Brian Williams image on that sign or is it still there? It's still there, yeah. but it was in it was in terrible, terrible condition. <laughs> part of remember, remember the last time I was in Elmira wasn't that long ago, but I guess it's been over a year or maybe about a year. I remember driving past that and I just shook my head. I, you know, and again, hey, Brian Williams, uh, he had to do his penance, and now apparently in the media landscape, he sort of has redeemed himself, and you know, basically, I guess. Because he got a slap on the wrist for his prevarications or exaggerations, but but still, yeah, it's now what I don't recall, and maybe maybe this is inappropriate to even ask: Is Janine Puro's picture on the sign? 
Uh, no, I looked for it yesterday. Yeah, I looked for it yesterday, and I, I was driving while I was looking, and I didn't see it, no. Darn it. Uh, Darn it. How come she's not represented? I mean, she, she certainly today, she probably has... I'd say in 2024, Janine Puro has as many cable viewers as Brian Williams does. Well, there'll never be another Max Roach, you know, <laughs> who, who was who was lucid into his 90s. So, yeah, yeah that, that, well, by, that... And that's an interesting thing. We focus so much on sort of the mental acuity of, of certain high-profile elected officials or candidates in their... Uh, mid seventies or late seventies or early eighties, but again, there are many examples of people who got into their nineties and certainly were more lucid than I have ever been. Well, these people that I'm going to mention are were over ninety. They just died not too long ago. They were in the music business. Marshall Chess, who discovered uh, Chuck Berry, lived at ninety something. Uh, he was lucid. Uh, Art Roop, who uh, found Little Richard Specialty Records. That guy is, uh, was a hundred, I think, and he was he was a uh, 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 you know he he was very very lucid. And uh, the original Sound Record guy who was uh, let me escape here, uh, Art LeBeau. So these guys were were lucid as heck. Uh, they they could talk, and yeah, uh, what I called to talk about, Bob. <laughs> I figured you had a topic before we got off on this musical tangent or tangent of uh, famous people from Elmira. Yeah, this uh, much I do about nothing, which is uh, this uh, fake uh, controversy about Maria Sexton. Let me say this about investigations. Uh, if there is an ongoing investigation, there is a complaint. Uh, police may not comment on ongoing investigations, but I don't think there is an investigation going on because I'll tell you why. This fella that is uh, touting this claimed I was under investigation and I had to go to the Vestal Police Department and there was no investigation. So, uh, you know, uh, one can produce documents. See, here's the problem with this guy. Uh, he talks. Uh, he, he, he talks a lot, but he doesn't really say anything. But it's easy. Just supply the documents. So I've requested documents from Vestal, and I'm sure I'll receive them. And we'll see what this guy is doing. Because, in other words, if there is a complaint, there is a piece of paper. The people, these, these people don't just investigate. And, and the piece of paper can be redacted, but the piece of paper exists. So my feeling on this is Maria Sexton is not being investigated by anybody. All right. Uh, it's one of the most intriguing stories of the 21st century. Yeah. The way, well, the way this has emerged. I mean, he's, he's it, doing... what, what happens, of course, as people concede, is she just brought this up in passing... At a town board meeting, and since, and and perhaps I don't know. I haven't spoken with her yet. I maybe I'll I'll give her a call today. I I personally hadn't hadn't uh, planned on doing a, a big story on it. I know everybody else seems to have done it by now. So I guess well, I guess I'm obligated at some point to do a story. But I um, I'm wondering given what's transpired over the last several days, 
if she regrets having brought that up just in passing at the town board meeting, my guess is, shouldn't say this because I should wait till we speak with her on the air. My guess is she has no regrets about mentioning it. I mean, not, and she didn't, she didn't start off her, her segment during the meeting, as I've now viewed the video, of saying, hey, everybody, I want everyone to know it wasn't in a, you know, uh, look at me, I'm I'm a hero, and I prevented or averted a possible tragedy on the parkway. It was just in passing. It was almost, I think she was mentioning a series of things, and and it seemed like, yeah, well, unfortunately, you know, say yesterday, there was uh, a serious incident in Vestal on, on Vestal Road. Now, we don't know all the circumstances, but say, if something could have averted what, what occurred with a vehicle that went out of control and hit a postal service van and then knocked over the mailbox in front of McNeil Music before slamming through the wall at White Rose Day Spa, if somebody could have prevented that, whether it would be the town supervisor or a town councilman, I, I think everybody would would praise that person for their actions. Now, probably, and I don't think the police have put out their news release on this yet, based on what we have been told, probably nothing could have been done to prevent this because it seems to have been a, a medical issue with the, right. the driver. But but still, say if say if it was somebody um, in a situation and, and it, somebody, the town supervisor, somebody with the town parks department or whatever or even me say if i was right uh, driving the wnbf news vehicle and i saw uh, a situation that that looked like it could be dangerous to people if i could do something to prevent it i probably would and then i'd probably be castigated on the next day's program for doing something you know technically what you should have done bob is pulled over at a safe spot and called 911 to report it to the police well by then by the time it's even dispatched, something would have happened. And, yeah, the police would be dispatched, and then they'd have to do paperwork and send fire trucks to put out the fire and ambulances to take care of the people hurt. Well, all I can say is this, Bob. Uh, when this guy, uh, I'm ready to sign a lease for his imaginary apartment building that's supposed to be finished at the end of this year. Uh, this guy's got no credibility whatsoever. Well, I appreciate your opinion. Thank you. It's 9.26 at News Radio, WNBF, Bob Joseph. And uh, we allow everyone to uh, speak, offer their insights, their thoughts, their impressions, opinions about what's going on around here. We are a community service. We serve the people. And Bob Joseph is on your side every weekday morning, Binghamton now from 9 to noon. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre owned at GolfAuto.com. Towns-
WNBF, Binghamton Now. Thanks to the phones, we go at 929. Joe, in a we go. Good morning, you're on the air. Good morning. Yesterday was a little bit ragged from the parking lot. Today I try to make it a little bit neater. And thank you. Uh, the idea being, Senator Schumer came out with the idea that the battery industry, I guess, at Huron or whatever it is, is going to end up with $160 million to spend. That's fine. It, it relates to lithium. But I go into the, the hardware store and on the craftsman's box next to the word lithium and a battery operated chainsaw is a flame symbol. And I remember some of the stories of cars, batteries getting wet and bursting into flame, which is an uncontrollable fire. And I'm thinking, how does that relate to the warning on the chainsaw box. And if you take it a, a slightly greater step, what about all the little batteries that are found in all the little instruments that we have? Do they deteriorate? And if they deteriorate in an enclosure, will they burst into flames and start fires in all kinds of different places? I don't know that. I don't know that anybody has taken the time to consider it. But, again, it goes back to let's have a source of accurate information. We used to have the Food and Drug Administration would test a variety of materials that were exposed to or were allowed to use. But I'm not sure that happens anymore. But take it to the next step. The lithium battery is a significant proponent in the uh, solar panel, electrical production, utilization, etc. Look at a solar panel. They concentrate energy in an area where energy isn't usually concentrated. They also cut back the sources of sequestration of carbon dioxide uh, in a lot of in a lot of instances and if you put 2,000 of them in an area about the size of a football field and they get to the temperature of 140 degrees in the process of reorienting energy from solar energy to electrical energy and concentrating it again is there a reasonable trade-off between what it's supposed to diminish, which is the production of carbon dioxide, and the actual benefit of cutting back the sequestration of carbon dioxide and generating a more concentrated energy situation? And I think, as I said yesterday, that Bob and uh, his, his compatriot who feel that we really should get together in forums could address these issues openly, without bias. We can present the, the positives and the negatives as we see them, 
And if Gannett News or whoever publishes the papers would allow us one page once a week or twice a month or however often we could contribute to the, the public's information, I think they would enjoy it, and I certainly wouldn't mind paying my $5 for my Sunday paper. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see if we can um, get people. Get I, oh, I, I can't organize it, but if people want to organize something like that, I'll cover it. I, you know, but it's there, and I'm the public, I'm sure, does not want to be known or remembered as totally ignorant and led around by the nose. And there's a whole lot of people, and they contribute to your program regularly, who have access to and who are willing to put put forth the effort to find this information, but the, the way to, to share it is not available to us, and it should be, because we should make informed decisions, not emotional ones. And I really thank you very much for this opportunity. Thanks, Joe. Have a good day. Go ahead. Bye. Thanks, Bob. It's 934. Bob Joseph, WNBF, serving not just Binghamton, not just Owego, not just America, serving the world. Eight billion people served. And it all originates in the heart of the Parlor City. 607-772-1290. No, I'm not reading from a script. Give us a call. What are your thoughts? I'd like to know. Thursday morning, this is Binghamton Now. Today, from noon to three, Dan Bongino, live on News Radio, WNBF. Thanks for phones we go. Dave and Vestal, good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning there, Bob. Hey, the song you you played previously there, I think it was Edie Brickell. It started, I'm not aware of too many things. I thought that was uh, Kamala Harris singing at first. Oh. I came to my sense. Cheap shot. Cheap shot. <laughs> Wish we had like a sounder every time someone <laughs> takes a cheap shot on the program so we go, beep doop or boop beep. <laughs> okay. A cheap shot. <laughs> Just you can don't. do that, though, but you can come up with something. Yeah, you could, but I, should I have to? Why? Why no, do? No, why? You, why are you subjecting eight billion people on the planet to cheap shots when you could simply start your conversation off with a thoughtful declaration about an issue of the day instead of? Okay. Instead of, I mean, Kamala Harris is not here to defend herself. Okay. Well. Okay. Then I'll take that back. Back. Let's start over. I. You know, the end of your. Uh, the conversation, your last caller there, boy, do I agree with him. Um, let's stop uh, letting our emotions lead the way and become more informed, low information. We were talking about that yesterday, Bob. But that's, that's, that's a good way to be. But main reason why I called, Bob, you know, I'd like to talk more about this uh, 
throwaway vote concept that that's out there. I think Vinny brought it up yesterday. I tried to talk about it at the end of the show. We didn't have enough time. Um, you know, unfortunately, Bob, third-party voting is probably going to be huge this year, along with people staying home. Uh, <laughs> people are, are just not going to be – if you pin them down and you make them vote for one or the other, they're going to have an awful hard time because they – a lot of them just don't want either. But by, well, what I would you know, say to that is a lot of people, and I would say mm, 85 to 90 million people, are going to vote for the lesser of the two evils. Okay, Bob. Well, that, okay, then that's my next point. Think about it, Bob. I mean, if <laughs> who's, I mean, look the way Biden's performed. Look at his performance, and look what he has behind him. Now, I'd love to see two polls, Bob. I know you hate polls, but there's two I'd love to see. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, spend spend the next 60 seconds talking about polls because I know you hate them. Go ahead and and waste my time. Bob, real quick, a matchup of Harris-Trump head-to-head. That'd be like 80-20 Trump. We know that. And another poll. How many Americans think Biden will last another four years? Now, that has a lot to do with staying home and not voting. They can't bring them. And a guy like Vinny would say, well, so what? If you got you got to. So what if it's Kamala Harris? It's better than Trump. Is it? Is it really? Is it really better than Trump? Bob, even you, even you. I give you credit to have a lot more common sense to that. Matter of fact, I'll bet anything you will not vote for Biden. And I won't say you're voting for Trump. I don't know if you'll vote for third, third party, but maybe you'll write in some. Maybe you'll write in Alice Cooper or somebody. But I, I don't think you'll vote for Biden. Because what if I, I did something even even more shocking to our listeners? What? And again, this is hypothetical. And for our sensitive viewers, don't don't drive off the road into a pole on Riverside Drive where they're changing the signs now. What I'm saying is, hypothetically, what if I rode in Taylor Swift? <laughs> you could, Bob, but I don't think you would. Well, I, again, that was a hypothetical, and I don't, I don't want you know our more sensitive viewers, even, even with the caveat that it was a hypothetical. Already, a couple of people are clutching their chest, just like Taylor Swift. Ooh, he's a Swifty. Ooh, no, I'm a Pepper. You know, we're all Peppers. We're not all Swifties. See, but the big worry, Bob. For the liberals is if there's a lot of third party voting and there's a lot of staying home, advantage Trump. It's that simple. And they're worried about that. All right. I think it's well spoken. I think you synthesized your argument and I appreciate your uh, future refraining from cheap shots. Don't forget, vote Alice, Bob. <laughs> I would vote. I, I probably would vote for her. Go ask. Alice, it's 943. News Radio, WNBF. Wait, is there a problem with his voice? No, there isn't. Give us a call, 607-772-1290. Love to hear from you. Binghamton now.
National Weather Service forecast. Cloudy today, slight chance of light rain. 41, night light rain. 33 tomorrow, snow and rain. 27. Uh, hold on a second here. I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, uh, Karen, Karen, could you help me here? What, what do these pills do? One pill makes you larger and one pill makes you small. And the ones that mother gives you don't do anything at all. Go ask Alice when she's ten feet tall. Yikes. Uh, it's 946 here at the station that serves the nation. Although typically we don't deal with pharmaceutical issues. Remember we used to have the uh, the people from the School of Pharmacy on. <laughs> and then there was concern about all the drug talk on radio. And suddenly the people from the pharmacy school just stopped appearing. All they're talking about is drugs. Uh, pharmacists and School of Pharmacy. I, I wish I would stop talking about all the drugs on the radio. Giving the kids ideas. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Gary Westside. Bob, i got to tell you, I do like your uh, imitations lately. I really like your rush. I think you're pretty spot on with that sometimes. <laughs> I try yeah, to exercise extreme. Well, I think I could do an even better rush. I could do uh, Mr. Limbaugh probably at least an hour or maybe for the full three-hour show. But although some people might find it moderately amusing... Some of our more sensitive listeners would probably be driven to drink or even to those two pills, the one that makes you larger and the other one that who knows what it would it'd make their head explode if I did that. Well, so wasn't, I, wasn't that song partially about the uh, so you had the adults back then, you know, criticizing people for doing drugs, yet they would be taking medication themselves, right? Because it's quote-unquote medication it's not drugs right mm. so wasn't that poking a little bit at it i think that's what it was i that's my recollection but but yeah. again and you know the the thing about when it comes to substances and and virtually everybody i know uses substances um some use coffee I agree. Uh, you know coffee caffeine is a powerful drug don't kid yourself and i so i admit sugar. yeah sugar i admit when it comes to caffeine, I have a physical addiction. I've tried, and, and sometimes I've done it successfully for a, a period of several weeks, to go off caffeine, cold turkey, as in no coffee, no chocolate, no anything that has caffeine. Oh, my gosh. The first two or three days, it's physically, I mean, it's, it doesn't mean that I can't report the work. It just means I wind up with headaches and feeling... Yeah. Feeling less than I, my love of life is is dampened if I suddenly go off caffeine. So anyway, the point I was making about substances: virtually everybody uses some substances. Could be alcohol, could be um, recreational cannabis, whatever. And some people are using other drugs recreationally too. And look, I'm not a moralist. I if if somebody came to me asking for advice about anything. Bob, is there a substance, a drug that I should use? I would say, no, don't use caffeine. Don't use cannabis. Don't use those pills that mother gave you, even if they did nothing at all. Don't use any substance. And people will be like, but Bob, I need to self-medicate. 
like, well, you asked for my advice. My advice is don't use anything. But then again, this is the real, real world, and, and people will do what people always have done. So I, I have an opinion about that, and I did want to mention about my vote. But let me tell you about what my opinion is about substance abuse or use. You know, and it's not talked about a whole lot. Look, we're all going to die, right? We know this, right? And, you know, it's always in the back of our minds and our subconscious and stuff. And this is a way with dealing with that. That's just my feeling. You know, we could go on and on talking about it, but it's just uh, people using substances to put down our, you know, out of their minds, our actual demise at the end of life. You know, there's other ways to do it, religion, stuff like that, but. You know, that's, that's the thing. Once we're born, we know we're going to die. Well, you know. and that's the thing. I, mean, I showed up again today at Lord's Hospital. That's where it all began. Um, those many decades ago where I took my first breath and some nameless doctor, actually I have his name because he had the temerity to sign my birth certificate. So I know from a witness account he gave me a slap to get me breathing. So, but I, so I have memories. That's, that's where the clock for me started ticking. So I was there yesterday because Ascension was giving up Lords. And then today, mm-hmm. this morning, as the Guthrie Clinic takes over. And so I have some emotions about the place. You know, I have a certain feeling about the hospital where I was born. But again, that is indeed where Bob's clock started ticking. That's, you know, we only have X number of years and days and minutes and seconds. We don't know, fortunately. We don't know how, how long we have. But, yeah, we're even if I go there, I think of my mortality. I mean, I've had uh, family members who've died there. And um, so it's, it, it, it's a special place, it's a, as are all hospitals and people who work hard to uh, help people who've been in crashes or in other incidents when they're injured or sick it's a very special place and when you I, think I agree. of i, I you like woods yeah I I, like well, and I, but i also like don't you know i'm not saying oh because i was born at lords that i have any negative feelings about uhs i'm i'm proud of the work that everybody in healthcare is trying to do around here and i support them because it's not easy no, it's not even though they're not highly rated i still support them well then ratings by the way by the way, right. ratings, whether it's hospitals or anything else, they're extremely complicated. I mean, yes, they I, are. I know we don't have much to go on, but I don't care if it's hospital ratings or university ratings. They can be gimmicked. Um, I mean, they're, if you look closely at the people doing the ratings, they usually stipulate how they came up with the rating. So, say, if Binghamton University is rated whatever – number nine in the northeast or, or whatever i don't know i don't even pay attention to those things anymore you know it's like a billboard chart you know casey Kasem counting them down in the end what difference does it make but but ratings of all types are i think dare i say overrated because i think too many people look at ratings of healthcare institutions, educational institutions, and products, and they use those as, as sort of the be-all and the end-all instead of doing more research about 
a specific service or product. It's like, oh, okay, they they give that uh, product an A plus or outstanding. Okay, that's for me. And in fact, maybe maybe there's more to it. I'm not I'm not saying that the ratings services for uh, different businesses are corrupt. I'm saying somebody should look into them. Individual accounts may vary. But, yes. Bob, if I could just say about my vote, right? So there was yesterday they talked about, well, you know, if you don't vote Democratic or Republican, you're throwing away your vote. You know, this is a throwaway vote, but it's not. What is voting about? Voting is about you want to vote for the person who you think will do the job the best, right? If it's, a, if it's not a Democrat, it's not a Republican, if it's somebody else, I'm not throwing it away. That's what I feel. And when I hear that you're throwing away your vote, what that person is saying is, is that if you don't vote for my Democratic or Republican, you know, then it's not counting. Well, yes, it's still counting. And the only reason that you feel that way is because you want everybody to vote the same way that you vote. And then you'd feel better because now your guy's in there. But that's not what happens. You know, I, I don't really vote. Republican and Democrat, I'm an independent voter too, and it's not a throwaway vote, in my opinion. It's who I think will do the job the best, and it's not going to agree with you. That's the way it goes. And that's fine. And and by the way, it's also fine for people to call in and say, you're going to cast a throwaway vote if you don't vote for the Democratic or the Republican candidate. Hey, your opinion, you're entitled to your opinion, and, I agree. I, and I'm not going to shout you down, but I no. will. I will say put my opinion in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every opinion counts, just as every vote counts. And and by the way, for those who choose in November not to vote, that's a vote. You know, you decide. Mm, you, I don't agree with that. Well, it, it's de facto. It's it a is, vote it when you opt out. I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah. But you know, some people tell me. And they've said in the past, whether it's presidential elections or, or other races for local or state offices, some people have said, you know, I'm not enthusiastic about either candidate. So I, I can't even waste, you know, and sometimes that's how they view it, wasting their energy going to vote when there, there are two choices and neither is inspiring. Well, Ross Perot for president. That's what I said. <laughs> have a good day. Thank you. <laughs> that would have been interesting. I don't know that he would have been a great president. I think, don't want to get anyone angry here at the end of the hour, I think Ross Perot would have been a good president. Great? Maybe not. Good I think so. It's 957. This is Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph on News Radio WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM. WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Cloudy today with a slight chance of afternoon rain, high near 41. Tonight, slight chance of rain and snow, cloudy skies, low around 33. 
Friday cloudy with a slight chance of snow mixing with rain and a high near 37. A power outage disrupted things for thousands of people in the city of Binghamton yesterday. The electric service disruption started just after noon on Wednesday. A NYSEG spokesperson said utility crews were working to determine the cause of the outage. About 3,100 customers on Binghamton's east side were affected by the power interruption, which lasted for about 46 minutes. People working near the intersection of the Brandywine Highway and Frederick Street reported hearing a loud boom that sounded like an explosion. Dark smoke poured from a small building that houses a generator to provide backup power for a city pumping station at the site. City workers said the smoke was emitted as the generator kicked on. They said there was no explosion or fire. Traffic signals weren't operating at many intersections. Police officers were dispatched to direct traffic at some of the busiest spots. Public works crews placed stop signs at some intersections. A speeding vehicle careered up a roadway in Vesto and smashed into a post office van before slamming through a wall at a popular business. The incident happened shortly after 1.30 p.m. Wednesday on Vestal Road between Murray Hill Road and the Vestal Parkway. An easy van struck a westbound U.S. Postal Service delivery vehicle, hit a mailbox, and crashed through a wall of the White Rose Day Spa. The driver of the minivan apparently experienced a medical problem, causing him to lose control of the vehicle. Vestal firefighters freed the driver, who was then transported to Wilson Medical Center. About eight people were inside the business at the time of the crash. Several of them were evaluated for possible injuries. The minivan wound up completely inside the business. A fire reportedly erupted in the engine compartment of the wrecked vehicle. NYSEA crews were dispatched to the scene to shut off electricity and gas to the building. On January 29th, Cortland County deputies from the Civil Division were attempting service at 171 Homer Avenue in the city of Cortland. Deputies were confronted at the door by a male subject with a gun, and the Cortland City Police Department and the state police responded to assist. Multiple unsuccessful attempts were made to de-escalate the situation, and the subject fired upon the officers. Gunfire was exchanged within the residence, and the subject was struck. The subject was treated on scene by EMS and transported to Upstate Medical Center in Syracuse, where he currently remains in stable condition. No officers were hurt, and the New York State Police have assumed control of the investigation. According to a Novello Airlines representative, plans are for the airline to take a seasonal break for flights out of the Greater Binghamton Airport to Orlando. And Avello Airlines communications manager told WNBF News that service between Binghamton and Orlando will continue as normal through April 6th. Flights will occur on Saturday, April 20th and 27th. After those flights, Avello Binghamton to Orlando flights plan to be on a seasonal break. Avello Airlines is working with the Greater Binghamton Airport on timing and scheduled to bring back the route for midsummer. Their booking schedule nationwide currently goes through June 11th of 2024 across the entire network. According to Republican Chairman Benji Fetterman, Binghamton has been selected to host the 2024 Republican statewide nominating convention to be held February 21st through the 22nd. 
Republican County chairs, state committee members, party activists, and local supporters will convene at the Doubletree by Hilton in downtown Binghamton. It's the first time in nearly 20 years Broome County will play host to a state Republican nominating convention. New York State Governor Kathy Hochul nominated Stephen G. James as the top leader of the state police force. If the state Senate agrees, he would be the second black person confirmed to hold the rank of superintendent and the third to lead the 5,000-member force, which has struggled for years to diversify its ranks. Hochul said at the nomination event that the selection was very intentional. James has served with the state police for more than 32 years, most recently serving as deputy superintendent for employee relations. James said in a prepared statement that he felt lucky for the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Nearly 3,500 people have been exonerated of, of crimes in the U.S. since 1989, and $4 billion has been paid in compensation. But it's rare for anyone to be held accountable for wrongdoing that leads to flawed convictions. A Philadelphia case could change that. District Attorney Larry Krasner hopes to prove that the three retired detectives perjured themselves at the retrial of a now-exonerating man originally convicted of rape and murder. Former detectives Martin Devlin, Manuel Santiago, and Frank Jeskrabski want a judge to dismiss the case. Experts in the exoneration community can cite just a handful of efforts to charge police or prosecutors in their cases. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now on your Thursday morning as we move ahead with enthusiasm and excitement. Not knowing where exactly we're headed, but knowing full well it's going to end at noon today. 607-772-1290 is the number for anyone who would like to talk on the Binghamton Now program on News Radio. WNBF. I am sitting in the morning at the diner on the corner. I am waiting at the counter for the man to pour the coffee. And he fills it only halfway. And before I even argue, he is looking out the window at somebody coming in. I would like some coffee, please. The convenient 64-ounce size. No, a two-liter size, since I'm such a big metric proponent. Give me a two-liter mug of your best from Ethiopia. (laughs) Yes, your best from Ethiopia. Or Sumatra. 
Well, Bob, here's some coffee from Hawaii. Why don't you like Kona? Okay, give me Kona. Here we go. Another hour of talk power. Hmm. Looking at more and more controversies. Well, we got through. We got through the first month of 2024 in relatively good shape. I know there are some people who are having problems and challenges and things aren't going well. And I understand that. If you're dealing with big problems right now, I wish you well. I know. I know. Just from my news reporting, I know a lot of people also are having uh, problems, job problems, family problems, other problems. There are problems, I understand, but at least I think for most people, January probably wasn't too bad. But we'll see. I just, you're the year is moving by quickly. Sheesh. Just think. 11 months. 2025. Zegar and Evans do a song in the year 2025. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. Why not? Get me a, a Zegar and Evans on line two. In the year 2025, we'll be listening to Binghamton now, the four-hour edition. We didn't know they'd do it. All right, that's as far as I've, that's as far as I've gotten. Taking a look, WNBF.com, um, even breaking news. We have some uh, feature stories. We'll have a couple of good stories. Not that. They all aren't good. Every story, every story, every every morsel on WNBF.com. It's not just good, it's great. But uh, today we'll have a couple of very interesting stories that you'll appreciate if you're a connoisseur of local reporting. Uh, also, though, as was the case yesterday, I focused uh, virtually all my energy Wednesday on, on breaking news, including uh, going out to the east side, trying to figure out precisely what was going on with the power outage that affected 3,100 NYSEG customers. Um, never did, never did find out precisely what caused it. Uh, spokesperson for NYSEG said that the crews were still trying to determine the cause. I, I suppose by now they have indeed determined the cause, but... I doubt that we're going to find out about it. It's, it's like most things around here. <laughs> you never find out. I mean, you could find out if you spent a lot of time asking people, but... Let's say realistically, if I had to follow up and try to get the information from the stories we've previously covered, then there'd be no time to do 
any original reporting today because it's not like it used to be. It used to be you follow up on something, whether it's a power outage or anything else, all you have to do is maybe call a few hours later or the next day and somebody will be helpful and give you the information. These days, these days, it is not that simple. So that's, if you ever wonder why you see so many stories either missed completely or covered inadequately, usually it's because the people who have the information are not very accessible or for whatever reason don't, don't seem to be inclined to easily give the, the facts to a reporter. Eventually, you can sometimes get it. Sometimes people say, you know, why don't you just file a freedom of information request? It's like, oh, so I get the information hours or days or weeks or months or years from now when it's no longer really relevant. They're sitting there with the information right in front of them, and they know that's not protected by HIPAA. <laughs> they know that it would be simple just to answer three questions and get it over with. Well, I think you should file a freedom of information request. That's what I think you should do. All right. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Yeah. What's up? Uh, I got a question. Uh, uh, how come that, what's his name? Bleak and him. Uh, how many, uh, uh, how many times has he gone to Saudi Arabia? And why is he the same person going all the time? Well, because he's the Secretary of State. Oh, and what does, what does that swift woman have to do with, peace, with people um, voting for Biden? That's a good question. You know, it, it, it actually has nothing <laughs> to do. See, that's what what you're hearing in some twisted quarters of the political universe is something about Taylor Swift uh, upsets them because she might vote for a certain person when, in fact, it makes no difference. Make you Do you care, just between you and me and the potentially billions of people listening, do you think, are you as a person, that it matters who Taylor Swift supports for president? No. Same here. I don't care if she says she's going to vote for how Donald Trump. She, how old is she anyway? 34. But don't worry. If she, if she wanted to run for president, and this is the truth, Beverly, if she wanted to run for president, she could now because she'll be 35 by election day. And to be president of these United States, you have to be at least 35. So she, let me just double check so I know when to put her birthday cards in the mail. Actually, no, she won't be 35 before election day, but she will be 35 about six weeks after election day. And that means if she runs for president, say as a third party candidate, say the Swift party or the Swifties, um, she would be 35 on uh, December 13th, so that means as of January 20th, when she would be sworn in, she'd be old enough to be president. And my guess is she would be, if she was elected this year, 
my guess is she would serve at least eight years as president, maybe longer. Oh, I was just one. I was just one there. I mean, I every it seems to me that these young teenagers and and whoever you know they're they're all crazy over her. I don't I I don't see where where she make me crazy. I mean, she's just an entertainer. Right, right. I mean, she does very well. Yeah, but 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 Bob, I I, I wish she would dress appropriately. You know, dressed you know dressed appropriately instead of you know those 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 different outfits. I'm quite sure she could put on something different. Well, maybe it comes down to cost. You know, fabric is expensive. Well, I don't know, but I, I think she ought to be more presentable in her dressing. That's the way I look at it. I heard something about... Now, who's uh, who's going to be in the Super Bowl? Of the football teams? The teams will be... Actually, I can't even talk about it. Because we, we're oh. not authorized. See, we're not going to carry the game. So the NFL probably doesn't want me to talk about it. So I, I'll just, well, I won't talk about the teams that are going to play. But I will say this. I wish Taylor Swift would be the, the halftime entertainment for the big game. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know who's going to be the halftime. I forgot. I hope, well, if it's not Taylor Swift, I hope it's Up With People. Do you remember when the Up With People crew used to do it? Up With People? Yeah. So they used to do good work. But they haven't been invited back for a long time. So personally, for my, just as a single viewer in Binghamton, my hope is that Taylor Swift would be the halftime entertainment for the big TV show. But if, for whatever reason, if a record company doesn't agree or maybe there are scheduling conflicts because of her tour, if she can't do it, I hope they bring back Up With People. No, I, I just wondered about, about about that. I don't know how you pronounce that guy's name. He's... Uh, he's always uh, on TV. He's always talking about something uh, uh, from the white from the White House there, and, and I could never figure out why Biden wanted to go over to uh, uh, over uh, Saudi Stad- Arabia. Well, because yeah, you know like why? What well, you know why like we're like we're doing well like. Oh, Blinken's well like Anthony right. Blinken is well liked. Saudis are not well-liked by many people because of their atrocious human rights record and their pension for killing journalists. Right. You know, and, and that's where I think you have to draw the line. Any country that would sanction the killing of a U.S. journalist, I, I would have to say, you can't regard them as a friend. No. So that's that's my thought, and I find it find it a little disturbing that the United States government is doing business with the Saudis... Because as far as I know, the Saudis never even apologized to the family of the Washington Post columnist. I mean, obviously after they killed him, nothing could bring him back. I mean, sadly, it was a terrible, terrible thing. 
But somebody from the Saudi government should at least have apologized, I think, to the reporter's family and, and to the United States and, and declared that this type of heinous behavior will not be tolerated and it will not happen again. You know that they can, that the Saudi Arabians, they have, they can have four wives and, uh, the women have to stay home and provide care for the children. They're not, they're not allowed out of the house. Uh, they, um, the, like, uh, like the father and the son, they can go out, you know, they can go out and get food and stuff like that, but the women have to stay home. Because um, I know a woman that went to Saudi Arabia with, with a church group, and she said, you know, and she, uh, and all there was was men and, and their sons. There was no women. So the, so they finally figured out that the women had to stay home and provide kids uh, and care for their children. But they have up to four wives. Does that make any sense? Nope. I don't understand. It, it makes no sense. It doesn't. But that's the way. But that's the way their their culture their culture is. I mean, this lady, I was I was well. She went over with in a church group, and she said that they were over there for two weeks. And they couldn't, they couldn't wait to get back to the United States. Well, they just couldn't wait to get back. I just can't, I can't imagine living in that kind of society. No, I can't, I couldn't either. And I see where Putin's coming up for election again. Yeah, I wonder how that'll go. I don't know. Gee, I wish they would take some opinion polls and put them on CNN to waste some time. Yeah. Well, I just thought I'd ask. Okay. Well, again, uh, I don't want to step on the toes of the National Football League Corporation because they, uh, they're very proud of their annual presentation that people will be watching. So we'll see how it goes. Appreciate your call. There you go. News Radio WNBF. It's 1026. 607-772-1290 is the number. That's the hotline to speak on the Thursday edition. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com.
WNBF, Binghamton. Whose life is it anyway? Well, I won't forget it. <laughs> More calls coming up in just a moment. First, though, we go live to the Broome County Public Library, where pandemonium has book, <laughs> booked out, broken out. No, I like the book, though. <laughs> <laughs> book them, Dano. Oh, Joanne Hanrahan. Joanne Hanrahan is on the scene with the Friends of the Broome County Public Library. So you have another sale getting underway. Books? Yes. And we were packed this morning, and the second rush will be coming in. So I have a break. And I'm sorry I didn't call you right on time. But listen. We have um, brand new bookcases in here. We have more books in here than we've ever had before. And they are flying, literally flying off the shelves. We've had a great morning already. But we still have plenty to sell. So tomorrow, um, because we'll be open until 2 today, then tomorrow at 9.15 to 2. And then Saturday is our famous $5 bag sale. You come in with your own grocery bag, fill it with anything that we have left, and you can have it for five bucks. All right. Is this a, wait? Well, I'm well. Is this open to everybody, or do you have to be a member of the Friends of the Broome County Public Library? Today is our member sale. Tomorrow we're open to the public. All but right. Membership is only fifteen dollars for an individual for the whole year, twenty five for a family, ten dollars for seniors and students. So for the whole year, you can come in on Thursdays and get first choice on the books. All right. And again, this is at the library on Court Street, that library. Yes, that library. All right. I've been there. I've been here a lot. <laughs> I, I know you have. sick of seeing me in there. <laughs> <laughs> they ought to have an apartment for you there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I told you what my husband said. He says, Joanne, when you die, I'm going to bury you in the library's reading garden because that is your happy place second to the house, so I'm not going to have you here at the house anymore, so I'm going to send it to the <laughs> If I die, I want them to bury me here in the studio. There you go. Yeah, sounds kind of distasteful. Like Han, do you want to be like Han Solo? You want us to petrify you and it'll be like a statue and there you go. cemented in the wall? There I you go. And cool. people could come and say there is Binghamton's delightful talk show host. Or a pain in the neck. Or, yes. Or yeah, the man it, with all the news. Yep. It, you know, I'm sure you've got a lot of names. Multiple definitions, and I love them all. <laughs> Joanne Hanrahan, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Bob, for letting me on. Okay. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> That's the report from the Broome County Public Library on Court Street in downtown Binghamton, making contemporary news. Back to the phones now at 1033. John in Binghamton, you're on the air. Hi, Bob. Um, I can't believe I'm succumbing to the urge to talk about this, but uh, I noticed on uh, on my phone a a video uh, showing a 25-second uh, clip of our uh, young singer Taylor Swift as she was at the ball game, and the the lip sync people told us what she was saying behind the glass. She was saying, "Go away." please. And I just thought it just reminded me of uh, an older song that uh, probably doesn't get much uh, much uh, radio time anymore. 
and that is uh, "Go Away, Little Girl." And I wondered how many people had the, uh, the same uh, uh, thinking that uh, we all had, uh, or that a lot of them had, uh, based on the fact that uh, she's uh, shown too much. So I thought possibly on your bumper music you could play uh, the original, which was by an artist named Bobby V., and then the cover, which probably more people are familiar with, which was done by Steve Lawrence. Of I think Go I'll go away. with Bobby V. I'm only I'm only going to play one version. If I have to pick one, I'll pick the original. Okay. But as far okay. as as far as we don't know that she said that. Oh, I don't. I I mean, I don't know how. I don't think that. she said that. So it says I I had to look up the. The story here on the news and it says appeared to say, if you have a tape and see nobody has a tape, she might have said something else. She might have said, "Oh, okay, well, yeah. appeared to say, yeah. all right, well." Uh, and by the yeah, way, so, you know, it's all, let's face it, it's well, I'm it's not accusing her of oh, saying no. it or nothing. I'm just saying that yeah. the, we, we were told in the story. That oh yeah, but just between you and me, home. that's because these these companies that are trafficking in this type of news, this so-called news, they're in it for the clicks. So since you called, I've, I've already clicked on two stories so they got what they want. Because So Newsweek, what's left of Newsweek, the smoldering wreckage of Newsweek, Newsweek.com has a story. And again, let me see how this is attributed. Um, somebody on Twitter said, Taylor Swift telling CBS to stop showing her. Go away, please. So, again, it's it's just it's manufactured because they know it'll get clicks. You know what I could do? I could do a story. Um, Bingham to New York reacts to Taylor Swift saying, go away, please. And we get a lot of clicks today. But there'd be no there there. So that's, you know, it's all fabricated. Maybe she said it. Maybe she didn't. In the end, it it's apropos of nothing except it got a lot of clicks on the Internet. I just clicked on now a third story. And also our ratings. I just checked. Our ratings have gone up in the last 90 seconds because we're talking about Taylor Swift. So it's a win-win. Yeah, correct. And like you say, I, I succumbed to the click yeah. uh, urge. Well, I mean, what do we have left? To succumb to, but well, we certainly don't have much original journalism left. The journalistic infrastructure of the United States has been effectively dismantled. That's my point. Yeah, what yeah. do we have left? But but the click. Well, we, but they. Pocket. But I'll say this, John: they can never take away our memories. Oh no! I'm back when back when we had uh, a relatively robust journalistic infrastructure not that long ago. I appreciate your call. Uh, you're very welcome. It's 1038 News Radio, WNBF. <laughs> Sorry. Can you imagine? I'm Bob Joseph. Go away, please. <laughs> uh, but the, you put that on Twitter and nobody will click. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. I admit, I don't understand it. I do not fully comprehend what's going on. 
But still, I'm loving it at WNBF. WNBF, all the hits, all the time at the Big N. Now the forecast as provided by the government. The government is providing the forecast in the interest of full disclosure. So if you don't trust the government, keep that in mind as you listen to the following forecast that was provided by the federal government. Same people who deliver your mail. <laughs> the same people who run the White House. That government. <laughs> so here you go. Government provided weather from the National Weather Service. When only the best will do. Cloudy today, high 40. Cloudy tonight with a slight chance of rain and snow. Overnight, low 33. Cloudy tomorrow with a slight chance of snow mixing with rain, then gradually ending. High 37. The extended outlook, the sun is still scheduled to appear this weekend. Mostly sunny Saturday and Sunday. The high Saturday, 38. The high Sunday, 41. And right now, downtown Binghamton, it's 37. That is 3 Celsius. And 1044. On my favorite radio program. Coming up later today, the one and only Sean Hannity will be on from 3 to 6. For news, when you wake up in the morning, the source of all good things is First News Binghamton with Don Morgan. First News Binghamton. More and more Americans are choosing First News Binghamton as their audio source for morning information. Don Morgan. Tells it like it is. Weekdays here at WNBF and First News Binghamton. Let's see what else is going on here. Oh, we mentioned about the website. So, yeah, a couple of breaking news stories from yesterday with the um, 3,100 customers for NYSEG that were without power. So if you were one of them, then you saw the details in the story. So I'm not sure if anybody else even covered that. But I, my theory was if power is out to more than 3,000 homes and businesses in Binghamton, golly, that's a story. So that's why we put the story at WNBF.com with uh, some pictures and video even that I was talking to um, the person who was working across the street from, I'd, well, I guess I knew the city had a little pump station, 
over there at the Brandywine and Frederick Street. I never paid much attention to it, but the guy who's working across the street said, oh, yeah, right uh, a few minutes after noon, there was uh, a loud, loud explosion. Let me t- take a look at my notes. Yes, he heard a huge explosion. That's what he thought it was. It was a loud bang. He thought it was a huge explosion. Then he said there was a lot of black smoke pouring out of one of those buildings there at the intersection of the Brandywine Highway and Frederick Street. And so I went over there and talked to a couple of people who were inspecting the place. Usually you never see anybody over there, but they had the uh, doors open on both the pump station portion and the little building right next to it where the generator is and they said yeah there was no fire there was no explosion yes maybe there was a noise but that's that's what happened when the generator kicked on because it provides backup power to the pump station so anyway if you want to see pictures of uh, what transpired there on the east side and um NYSEG told us that the power was back on after 46 minutes so and that the biggest Certainly not the biggest deal in the history of power interruptions, but still, when the power goes out, I want to know what happened. I'm just, I'm one of those people. I'm curious. So that's why we put it on WNBF.com. Oh, let's see. The email. Oh, here's another breaking news now. Uh, email just in a couple of minutes ago. Dave from Green regarding another outage. Hi, Bob. Did you know about a power outage in the Norwich area? About 4,500 customers. Dave, I don't know anything about that. So thank you. That's another thing. Thank you, Dave, for uh, thinking to send a note to Bob at WNBF.com. Uh, I am very much reliant on news tips. So, if if you know something go, is going on, don't keep it to yourself. You know, those public service announcements when they say, if you see something, say something, what that's about is, if you see something, you tell WNBF News. That's how people find out. If you, for whatever reason, if you don't say something to WNBF News, if you don't send an email to Bob at WNBF.com, there's uh, every reason to believe that I'll never find out, and then everything will be a secret. And we don't like secrets. Uh, checking NYSEG's website at the moment, up to the minute, when seconds count, uh, NYSEG's website says 4,717 customers in Shenango County are without power. Um, many of them are in the town and city of Norwich. So about 2,700 customers in the town and city of Norwich are without power. And then there's um, some customers without power in the towns of Guilford, McDonough, New Berlin, North Norwich, Atselic, Oxford, Farsalia, Plymouth, Preston, Smyrna. So that's a, that's a widespread outage. That's uh, a little bit bigger than the 
outage yesterday on Binghamton's east side, which was approximately 3,100 NYSEG customers. So my thanks to David for calling that to my attention. Uh, let me just double check on NYSEG's website, see if they have uh, a clue about when the power will be back on. Uh, they're estimating with the Shenango County outage right now that power will be restored at noon or by noon. So that's the guidance they have on the website. Also from the <laughs> Department of Power Outages and Gary from Binghamton writes, when in doubt about the cause, blame a squirrel. Well, it's sad, but that's true. And that's one of the things NYSEG crews were doing yesterday. I know it's distasteful to talk about, but the truth is they were looking for the source of the power problem yesterday. And the workers said, well, we're looking for a, a dead squirrel or a dead animal because frequently that ultimately is is what triggers a power outage when an animal sadly comes into contact with something that's electrified it doesn't end well but the last i knew they still they were looking around they still hadn't found any any evidence of any wildlife contact with nice egg equipment it's ten fifty one at wnbf good morning you're on the air what's your first name where are you calling from it's andy Sandusco. how are you bob Great. Mm, um, What's going on? Well, I did drive. I did drive by White Rose Day Salon <clears throat> this morning, and unfortunately uh, for them, they are closed. Um, and I just was uh, wondering, um, you know, if you have to worry about. And I'm sorry about the person with the medical emergency. I hope they're they're the person, whoever it was, is doing okay. Uh, unfortunately for the people at White Rose Day Salon, they're closed or um, to the public, um, and I'm just wondering if there's a, you know, what's called business interruption insurance or something, because you can't conduct business, you know, in 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 a place. And, and I did hear John from Binghamton in your early part of your segment, um, and yes, it was, <laughs> yes, I like the scenario of, of, of uh, too bad there wasn't someone from maybe our town, whether it was a, town supervisor or a town council person or somebody from yeah. the parks department or whatever oh, sure. highway department Absolutely. anybody who who saw something and and might have before the the vehicle picked up speed may have somehow been able to intervene i don't know i mean again we don't know the was, circumstances unfortunately um bob that's something that you and i would remember it was called superman and he would <laughs> right and, well well yeah. fortunately sometimes Sometimes people uh, will come upon a situation and then act quickly in the effort to keep people from getting hurt or killed. I mean, I, I hear, I a, hear I that. That's, I think that's called adrenaline. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. When adrenaline takes over, uh, it, sometimes it amazes people what they can do. You know, yeah. And I'm not, and I'm, and I do not claim to be a doctor, um, but uh, that's what I what I, I have understood um, before. But anyway, that's all I was, I was, I was calling about. Okay, but, uh, well, I appreciate yeah. it. Any, any yeah. uh, truth to the, uh, to the hope that Taylor Swift will be coming to Vestal soon? 
Why don't you check with someone that maybe I check with one of the town council? <laughs> oh, oh, mind, oh, that please. I maybe one that may be advertising your station. Please. Um, <laughs> I don't want to bother him. Come on, but he still may call. You know, he listens. He loves you the never program. Know. He loves the he program, ever, but everybody loves is, the program. He is a social influencer. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. We do have our fun. And the reality is everybody listens to the program, and that's what it's about. It's um, it's a sense of community. It's a sense of family. It's a sense of belonging. Everybody belongs to the Binghamton Now family. Everybody is willing to participate. Virtually everybody. I mean, some people opt out. But almost everybody chooses to participate. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on WNBF. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Bob Kirkwood. Morning. You're on the air. Uh, I heard. I saw yesterday on uh, the TV that Congress was talking to uh, FBI Director Ray, and uh, he was suggesting that uh, the Chinese are trying to uh, bug our systems and. Uh, cause all kinds of chaos in our uh, electrical grids and and other other systems and uh well i believe that's correct in fact i i am sure it's correct and could happen sooner rather than later so if you don't like chaos um well you're probably in for a crude awakening because the chinese are probably going to do it and i say they probably will do it in the next six months question is how bad will it be yeah and and this this starts to give give me pause just seeing these local things that are uh you know power outages that are unexplained and if it if it's causing us this kind of problems in this rural area what would what would it be like if it happened all over the country in big cities and all over the place because of what uh, we're unable unable to block. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. And coming up in our next segment, we will talk more about that. It's a very important issue, and we will address that in our coming hour here on Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Cloudy today with a slight chance of afternoon rain, high near 41. Tonight, slight chance of rain and snow, cloudy skies, low around 33. Friday, cloudy with a slight chance of snow mixing with rain and a high near 37. A power outage disrupted things for thousands of people in the city of Binghamton yesterday. The electric service disruption started just after noon on Wednesday. 
A NYSEG spokesperson said utility crews were working to determine the cause of the outage. About 3,100 customers on Binghamton's east side were affected by the power interruption, which lasted for about 46 minutes. People working near the intersection of the Brandywine Highway and Frederick Street reported hearing a loud boom that sounded like an explosion. Dark smoke poured from a small building that houses a generator to provide backup power for a city pumping station at the site. City workers said the smoke was emitted as the generator kicked on. They said there was no explosion or fire. Traffic signals weren't operating at many intersections. Police officers were dispatched to direct traffic at some of the busiest spots. Public works crews placed stop signs at some intersections. A speeding vehicle careened up a roadway in Vesto and smashed into a post office van before slamming through a wall at a popular business. The incident happened shortly after 1.30 p.m. Wednesday on Vestal Road between Murray Hill Road and the Vestal Parkway. An Eastern van struck a westbound U.S. Postal Service delivery vehicle, hit a mailbox, and crashed through a wall of the White Rose Day Spa. The driver of the minivan apparently experienced a medical problem, causing him to lose control of the vehicle. Vestal firefighters freed the driver, who was then transported to Wilson Medical Center. About eight people were inside the business at the time of the crash. Several of them were evaluated for possible injuries. The minivan wound up completely inside the business. A fire reportedly erupted in the engine compartment of the wrecked vehicle. NYSE crews were dispatched to the scene to shut off electricity and gas to the building. On January 29th, Cortland County deputies from the Civil Division were attempting service at 171 Homer Avenue in the city of Cortland. Deputies were confronted at the door by a male subject with a gun, and the Cortland City Police Department and State Police responded to assist. Multiple unsuccessful attempts were made to de-escalate the situation, and the subject fired upon the officers. Gunfire was exchanged within the residence, and the subject was struck. The subject was treated on scene by EMS and transported to Upstate Medical Center in Syracuse, where he currently remains in stable condition. No officers were hurt, and the New York State Police have assumed control of the investigation. According to a Novello Airlines representative, plans are for the airline to take a seasonal break for flights out of the Greater Binghamton Airport to Orlando. And Avello Airlines communications manager told WNBF News that service between Binghamton and Orlando will continue as normal through April 6th. Flights will occur on Saturday, April 20th and 27th. After those flights, Avello Binghamton to Orlando flights plan to be on a seasonal break. Avello Airlines is working with the Greater Binghamton Airport on timing and scheduled to bring back the route for midsummer. Their booking schedule nationwide currently goes through June 11th of 2024 across the entire network. According to Republican Chairman Benji Fetterman, Bench Binghamton has been selected to host the 2024 Republican Statewide Nominating Convention to be held February 21st through the 22nd. Republican County Chairs, State Committee members, party activists, and local supporters will convene at the Doubletree by Hilton in downtown Binghamton. It's the first time in nearly 20 years Broome County will play host to a state Republican nominating convention. 
New York State Governor Kathy Hochul nominated Stephen G. James as the top leader of the state police force. If the state Senate agrees, he would be the second black person confirmed to hold the rank of superintendent and the third to lead the 5,000-member force, which has struggled for years to diversify its ranks. Hochul said at the nomination event that the selection was very intentional. James has served with the state police for more than 32 years, most recently serving as deputy superintendent for employee relations. James said in a prepared statement that he felt lucky for the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Nearly 3,500 people have been exonerated of, of crimes in the U.S. since 1989, and $4 billion has been paid in compensation. But it's rare for anyone to be held accountable for wrongdoing that leads to flawed convictions. A Philadelphia case could change that. District Attorney Larry Krasner hopes to prove that the three retired detectives perjured themselves at the retrial of a now-exonerated man originally convicted of rape and murder. Former detectives Martin Devlin, Manuel Santiago, and Frank Jeskrowski want a judge to dismiss the case. Experts in the exoneration community can cite just a handful of efforts to charge police or prosecutors in their cases. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph. Binghamton now continuing for your Thursday morning. I'm here till noon taking phone calls and talking about the issues of concern to you. 607-772-1290 is the number. Call us if you have a few thoughts. We'd like to hear what you have to say on this Thursday. But Good morning to young and old Americans alike, as well as young and old Canadians, young and old Mexicans, young and old Chinese citizens, young and old Iraqis, young and old Israelis, young and old Palestinians, young and old French citizens, young and old British citizens. You see what I'm saying? Good morning. Whether you're young or whether you're old, you're welcome here at News Radio WNBF. The um, caller right before we took a, a brief network timeout uh, brought up an excellent topic. What will happen when the Chinese succeed at hacking into our critical infrastructure, when we won't be able to get our money, when the ATMs don't work, when the Internet doesn't work? When we have no water, we have no gasoline, we have no hope. So what happens when the Chinese do 
manage a successful hack attack? I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. What do you think we're going to do? What do you think we're going to do? I've been worried about it. Maybe that's the wrong word. I've been very concerned about it. Worry makes it sound like I have been sleepless because of this. I, I don't think I've lost any sleep over this because there's nothing I can do about it. Or nothing I can do about it. Whatever happens, happens. And if the hackers, whether they're China's hackers or some hackers from Mawa, New Jersey, there's nothing we can do about it as individuals. Uh, is the FBI doing enough? I don't know. Who knows? But as the listener pointed out, there is good reason, I think, to be concerned. FBI Director Christopher Ray. Uh, said the Chinese hackers are, are getting set and they want to cause real world harm to Americans. Well, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Thanks for, thanks for, uh, announcing it. And now it's your job and the job of others in the federal government to see to it that it doesn't happen or at least delay it. Delay it so it doesn't happen while I'm alive. I don't want to see what what happens when hackers, and it could be the Chinese, it could be Russian hackers. Hey, for all I know, it could be Canadian hackers or it could be some hacker from Endwell, right? Think about hackers is all they want to do is hack. Do they care about the trouble it causes, the inconvenience, the mayhem? Of course not. That's why they hack, because there's nothing good on the radio. It's 1114 at WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yes, Joel Greater Ithaca would like to respond about the Chinese hacking. Okay. Uh, first of all, the Chinese have got a lot of problems. The uh, Their stock market is in the tank. They, if you want negative inflation, go to China, because that's what they have now. So I think they got a lot, a lot to right. They have negative inflation and they have a high jobless rate. Right. And anyway, as far as them hacking us and taking our power off, I don't think they're going to sell us many televisions if we don't have electricity. So I doubt they've got any incentive to. Well, then maybe they'll just turn off our water. Okay, they'll keep the electricity on, but they'll target. Didn't some hackers target a small? Municipal water system in Pennsylvania? It, it did. It yeah. did. I, See? The one I know about was, there wasn't a, I don't know if the water, the well, the electric system, and it was in, uh, it was in, uh, Vermont or something. But, but the, the bottom line is the electric grid is not controlled through the internet. It's its own isolated system. So if you want to take out the internet, take, I'm sorry, take out the electric grid, you need to come and do it personally. You know, bring your chainsaw, bring your machine gun, do whatever you got to have. Well, and that's okay. another thing, though. Some people have been doing that, shooting, right. shooting up uh, electrical facilities they, they over did. the last several years. Up. And how how come that doesn't get more attention? I mean, th- well, they, those facilities are vulnerable. Yeah, and they took out a, a major substation, but it, it didn't bring down the grid by any means, you know, because of the way it's built. So, yeah, you can go out here and do some things here and there. But as far as, like, taking out the whole grid, for say, you know, like Texas isn't even connected to anything. Oh, yeah, and did you hear Texas now wants to succeed? 
or is it not succeed? Well, no, they're 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 very successful. They want to secede. That some people in Texas are talking about leaving the great United States of America. What what kind? And just between you and me, Joe, what kind of American would ever talk about seceding from the USA today? Well, see, Texas wasn't always part of it anyway. But no, but a lot of a lot, you know, aside from the original thirteen, uh, a lot of our states were not part of it originally. But but still, here we are in twenty twenty four, and there is actually serious talk about Texas leaving this great country. That that's wild. That is why, and and didn't they have what? What's um, who's the Republican presidential candidate? What's her name? She used to be a governor. She used to be the uh, UN secretary. She uh, was asked about that possibility of Texas leaving the great nation of mine, and she basically shrugged it off. I I think I heard the clip this morning that said, "Yeah, if they want to." It's like. What kind of leadership is that? No, no, no. If if Texas want, if Texas is talking about leaving the USA today, no. My advice is don't. We need you, Texas. We need they, uh, we need a big state like you. They uh, or yours. They were going to leave. They were going to leave. Uh, I don't know about fifteen years ago or so, <clears throat> over because of the incandescent light bulbs, the one hundred bulbs. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Talk about a bunch of dim bulbs. You <laughs> yeah. know, and I'm sorry that was it was a low yeah. blow, but you know, still the whole the, the whole thing about the uh, you know them leaving and everything. How you what process would they do? I mean, what would they, how would they manage that? I don't know, but Governor about? Governor Abbott certainly seems to have a way. Uh, well, you know, if somebody if somebody could figure out a way to really wreck the great state of Texas. I mean, look at what Governor Abbott's been doing. It's been sending their problem, their problems. He is trying to distribute to the rest of America. What kind of leader does that? That sounds you know, like something a, a, an eight year old boy would do. Already, the uh, the young ladies, the young women of college age, <clears throat> that are con- considering not going to Texas, you know, to go to college. So they're going to lose all their women, you know, with it over the things to begin with. Well, there are probably going to be some Texans who say, well, "Oh, good, good." You know, well, Texas, they could change their state. You know, the the state for manly men who drive <laughs> who drive the you know the big pickup trucks. There's nothing wrong with that. They even well, have highways yeah. in Texas, don't they? Have some highway where the speed limit's like ninety or hundred. I mean, that's Texas for you. That and a good for them. I, I respect their right to govern themselves, but I also, as a fellow American, I implore them to stay with us. We need all 50 states. We need Texas. We need Rhode Island. We even need Wyoming. Well, think about what it would take, though, to actually do that. What are they going to do about the military? How are they going to sort that out? You know, none of that is going to work. That's why they have the Texas Rangers. Oh, no, that's a baseball team. But what I mean, like, the, the, the U.S. military has bases there. Are they going to kick them out? You know, how's this? It's just not, they couldn't begin to do anything like that. I it know. It doesn't work anymore. Well, if, uh, well I agree. It's unrealistic. I mean, it's not going to happen. Just like the same, the same type of talk you occasionally hear from some people around New York State about some somehow separating New York State into two or three parts. Ain't happening. I mean, it no, no, is no. fun to talk about. If if you're delusional, it's fun to talk well, about. But ain't happening. If you really want to talk about it, 
the what if Lincoln told uh, the South, you know, don't let the door hit you, you know, and just let the South go? How, how would things have shaken out over time if the South was a separate country? Yeah, and what, then we would not have the villages. So where would we go when we retire? We wouldn't have the villages. So there. Let's see. Where could where could we, where <laughs> could we go? Bar, bar, Barbados, Barbados, yeah, we could go, Barbados. We could go we, any. And no, it was you know it was, it was not. It was well. If that would happen, okay. Let's suppose they're <laughs> they're the South. Then they would kind of unite with Mexico, okay? Because it was all me- probably Mexico. Yeah, anyway. I mean, I'm glad. The, all, hey, I'm glad yeah. the way it all worked out. I think I think we have 50 great states. I love them all. I I hope. All states will continue to be part of the United States. That's what we're about. We call ourselves United States, even though most of the time the truth is we're divided. But there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want – look, Joe, I don't want everybody in all 50 states thinking the way we New Yorkers do. I want people to think like – Texans or the people to think like Floridians or whatever. I, I like the diversity. Well, I, you know, I've been to Texas years ago. I don't think I want to go there now, you know, with it when, it, when things were pretty normal. But it'll pass. You know, like like Abbott won't be around forever. Things, things will go. And uh, regardless of what happens with Trump, he won't be around either. So it'll pass. Well, just like any of us. I mean, there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, you know, that's the story of life. Here today, gone tomorrow. Or sometime. Or some, yes. No, I'm, I'm, yes. I don't mean literally. Don't worry. You tune in for the Friday episode. We're having a very special edition to celebrate, uh, at Groundhog named Phil. So, so yes, I ain't gone tomorrow. And I ain't going to stop saying ain't. You know, I, I actually got, uh, uh, I don't say, uh, I don't know what it was, but I said ain't, and the, the other some kid read it on me, and uh, I had to write I had to write uh, how many times that I, I, I won't say ain't anymore or something like that. Really? <laughs> you know? That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Kid, I... he, had a, he was jumping over the seats, and he had to write a thing over and over again. <laughs> I will not jump seats. <laughs> oh, those were the days. A simpler yeah. time. A simpler time. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. That's the story from Greater Ithaca, making contemporary news. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Oh, good morning, Bob. This is Vinny from uh, Binghamton. Hey, yeah. I, uh, what, oh, what the, oh, by the way, I have to do a disclaimer now every time you call. The following caller may not be appropriate some, for some of our more sensitive viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. Okay, continue. Okay. Bob, you know, I, I woke up this morning, and actually I saw it last night on the news, but I, uh, I, I, I've i gotten more information on this since I woke up. You know, this is, what a shame. I, I, I see where uh, Donald Trump spent $30 million raised from small-dollar donors on legal bills in the last six months. And this article goes on and talks about the 46 law firms that received payments. And I think the the worst part about this was where this money came from. And it's like from small donors, from retirees, because, you know, when you donate money and they say occupation, you know, will you work this, you're your self-business, but 
retired. Trump continued using the same small dollar fundraising list he built for his campaign while he was in the White House to pull in millions of dollars every month, almost entirely from donors giving 10 dollars $20, $50 at a time. The great many donors listed were retirees. Well, I'm not surprised. but And I think, and there's no way I can prove it, although information like this helps to support my theory, is he's more interested in the ability to raise cash money during this campaign than actually succeeding in, in, in his bid to be the country's first dictator. So I think, I think he'd rather, even though being a dictator, if only for a day, sounds enticing and the prospects may be juicy, for some of his supporters, I think this guy is taking full advantage of our campaign fundraising laws to rake in money from people who can't afford it. Well, well listen to this one, Bob. Most of the new payments were made by Save America. That was the leadership pack Trump created within days of losing his reelection. They raised $76 million in the following weeks and promised that donations would help Trump Fight the election results in court. In fact, none of Save America's money went towards the end. And Trump used it instead to pay many of his costs to remain politically relevant. The thing that gets me is all these Republicans around this guy say nothing. They know he's lying. They know he's doing it. And, and- well, what are they going to say? What are you going to say? Stop. Stop with the misstatements. Stop with the factual inaccuracies there's nobody who's going to stand up to him liz cheney did okay liz cheney okay so there's one but how many tens of millions of registered republicans are there so that's one out of maybe i don't know i'll throw out a number totally inaccurate but say out of we'll just say theoretically there are 66 million registered republicans in the united states so liz cheney stood up to him okay that's one what about the other 66 million well you know let's flip it bob what are they saying oh it's the liberals it's the woke it's joe biden it's the media it's george soros they give up oh the democrats are they're, they're scared what are you guys scared of we're not scared of don't you guys remember the day after inauguration for Donald Trump? We had that women's march. At the same time they had that women's march, they only expected about 250,000 people down there in Washington. They had a million. And at the same time, three million people across the cities, across this country and around the world held their own protest, a global show of support for this movement. It was the largest single-day protest in U.S. history. By the way, I vastly, vastly exaggerated the number of registered Republican voters in the United States. I apologize. I I just threw out a number. I thought 66 million might be accurate. Wow, was I wrong. Yeah. Guess how many they say are actual, the number of registered voters for the Republican Party, based on uh, some of the most recent numbers on the Internet. Well, I'm sorry. What did you say, Bob? Your number was 66 million, and it turns out okay. that was too high. What do you think the oh, internet okay. says is the the approximate number of registered Republican voters right now in the United States? I'll say um, I say 32. 
Mm. What do you got? It's pretty close. It's closer than I was. $38.8 million. Also of interest, mm-hmm. okay, so Republicans, according to this one, and I'm, I'm not vouching for its accuracy. If somebody has more accurate numbers, they should call them to my attention. So according to this one website, uh, worldpopulationreview.com, they say 38.8 million Republican registered voters in this country. Guess how many they claim for Democratic voters? So you were pretty good at uh, coming fairly close to the Republicans. How many do you think are Democrat registered? I'll say, I'll say 59. Well, there you go again, Vinny. You're prone to exaggeration when it comes to the power of the Democrats. It's only 49 million, but to your point, that's still more than 10 million higher than registered Republicans. So, Well, I always knew the Democrats had the numbers. It's just a matter of getting out. It's motivation. And, it's yeah. motivation, and that's, that's why, if you don't mind my uh, offering this theory, and that's all it is, it's just a theory, that's why I think some Republicans are trying to suppress the Democratic vote this year. Oh, oh absolutely. Every, every year. Every year, Bob. But, you know, can I just say this one other thing, too? This, this is another thing that I, I don't approve of. I don't know why our media, when they have these shows, they do this. And, and I'm talking about MSNBC. I was watching Morning Joe, and they were talking about, oh, they were showing a, um, oh, this is when Donald Trump got sued again for that Trump University. And, oh, you know, this and that. He had to pay out $25 million to settle the um, university. Um, uh, lawsuits because it was all a, a bunch of garbage along with the Trump water and all that other kind of stuff. But Bob, when they're talking about it, they're laughing, they're giggling, and I'm like, well, you guys, what do you think is so funny? We're talking about a man running for the highest office in our land and in the world. What is so funny about this? This is serious. And I don't, maybe, maybe it's me, but I mean, I, it's, it's almost like we're watering down the presidency. We've got a, we got a single A player trying to play in the majors. I wouldn't even say single A. <laughs> yeah, that's like, like maybe little league. Of course, that, I, I apologize, uh, automatically, especially to our friends in Maine and well, because that, that starts to give, uh, little league a bad name. I'm sorry. That was a bad analogy. We'll just say, uh, a person who would like to play in the big leagues because he has seen professional sports played on TV. That's that's a better analogy. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's. <sighs> you know, I saw a game once on TV. I'd like to do that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a, at least that's a break from the political world. But uh, I, I, I just, I just, it got me when I saw those little donors and his retirees. Well, it's sad. What, what if they uh, later this year don't have enough money to pay the cable bill? Because we know the cable company is going to keep jacking up its rates. So what then? They're going to have to settle to li- listen to WNBF? That's going to be their only source of information and entertainment? I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, you know, Bob, I'll tell you, some people, some of the callers have realized this, but the other callers I do feel sorry for a lot of times because after a while, you know, oh, it's the libs, it's woke, it's Joe Biden, it's media, George Soros. When they finally sit there and think, you know what? No, it's him. Well, that's the thing. 
you know, drive down to any gas station and you're not seeing a sticker that said George Soros did this. It's 1132. This is Bob Joseph. Binghamton now on your Thursday morning. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. WNBF with Bob Joseph. Binghamton now at 1135. Chuck and Vestal, good morning. You're on the air. How are you doing? I am doing well. How are you, Chuck? So far, so good. Um, I'm not... Uh, how do I want to say it? I don't vote. I vote for the person that I think is going to do a good job. I'm not voting for Trump. And I'm definitely not voting for Biden. So there has to be more people in there because Trump's not worth it. And Biden, he just lied on uh, on TV, actually. He put a ball-faced lie because he wants this bill passed that he's trying to push through. And he said, if they pass the bill, I will shut down the border tomorrow. And in the same sentence, he goes, my hands are tied with the border. What's that all about? I don't know. I'm not the White House press secretary. You'd have to ask her. Yeah, because, I mean, those were the two things he said in the same sentence. And the other thing is, if for some strange reason, God forbid, Trump is elected for president, New York State is going to be in big trouble because they've been going after him. And second thing is, it says that a person can only serve two terms as president. And I'm almost sure it says two consecutive terms. As Trump gets in there this time, he can run another four years after it. Well, remember, he also said he wanted to be a dictator. So if you're going to be a dictator, yeah, no. you, you might never leave. There was concern. Yeah, right. right. There was concern after he lost the 2020 election that really he would not physically leave the White House, that they would have to do something to actually carry the guy out. And I'm using a little exaggeration here just for because it help, helps make the program more entertaining. But uh, some people theorize they, they, they would have to have the Secret Service or someone, maybe the military, hauling the guy out of the place, kicking and screaming. I mean, it didn't happen. I mean, fortunately for America and fortunately for Donald Trump, he left of his own accord. He slinked or slithered out of town uh, ahead of time, and I, I give him credit for that, although I, I thought it was rather poor form not to attend the inauguration of, of his successor. I, I thought that was the least he could do. Yeah, I know 
in my heart of hearts, this I know about Donald Trump, it hurt him deeply to lose the election. And I appreciate that. I would have been heartbroken, too, if I had been beaten by somebody like Joe Biden. So I understand right. I can I can sympathize with his pain and even his anger. But still, as an adult, he should have sucked it up and stayed in Washington. And he and Melanie could have attended the, the inauguration, gone through the motions, wish... Uh, Joe Biden and Dr. Jill Biden well in their future endeavors and, and behave like civilized people do and then leave on a jet plane paid for by the taxpayers and go down to Florida or wherever you want and go on with your life. Life goes on. We all suffer setbacks. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, I don't understand how New York can... Uh go after him for inflating the values or whatever of Montalago. New York don't have nothing to do with Florida. Do you know how come they're doing uh, that? I think because the alleged uh, inflated assessed values of the properties, even though they're out of state, I think the information was provided to New York lending institutions, and therefore, I think the theory is that New York state law applies, but I'm, I'm not positive. If, you know, somebody, uh, one of our viewers might be able to call in to let me know if that's correct or if there's something else. But I think, I think because um, some of the money that the Trump organization borrowed and that even if it was facts regarding values of properties outside New York, apparently – the the theory is that he may have violated New York state law. That's see, I haven't. To be honest, I haven't followed that case that closely because of all the cases, all the legal cases involving Donald Trump and his organization. That's that's one of the cases that I find least interesting. I'm not saying it's not important. It's just not as interesting as some of the other more salacious cases. Right. So now, I lived in Florida for a long time, and I know that property values down there are sky high. Right. No matter where you are. Right. No, I, so. I'm I'm aware of that, and you know, that's that's why I'll stay in New York. I can't afford to move to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping I'm hoping we can afford to stay in New York. Yeah, I know. So. It's sort of a, a catch twenty two. Appreciate your call. Thank you so much. It's eleven forty. This is Bob Joseph live here at News Radio WNBF ninety two point one FM twelve ninety AM. Stay connected with us using the free WNBF app. If I had a TV news program, I would call it Eyewitness News. And I would use this as the opening theme. Listen to this. Wouldn't this be a great thing for the Eyewitness News? Binghamton's most entertaining news every night at 6. But the big story on Eyewitness News. I always thought that would be a good news theme. Let's listen to it one more time. And you tell me if this wouldn't be an excellent news theme. Say, if if I take over one of the TV stations, like that's going to happen. But say I did. 
and I was able to put on a, a nightly news program, local news. I could call it Eyewitness News. And wouldn't this be a great opening theme song to get people excited about the next 30 minutes? Eyewitness News, Binghamton's most entertaining newscast. Now, here's the news with Bob Joseph. Of course, we would have the control room faded before Billy started to sing. I witness news. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. Matt from Binghamton, save me. Leave Billy's words in there. <laughs> but don't, uh, one more time, though, just the beginning few seconds there. Just listen to this. And you, seriously, doesn't this sound like this could be a good news theme for Binghamton? I don't need to listen to it again. One more time. Well, well, you don't need to listen to it again, but I do, because I do believe this this would be a good 22-second opening theme for Binghamton's Eyewitness News. Covering Binghamton, Endicott, Vestal. Johnson City and beyond. Eyewitness News. Can drive around in the Eyewitness News van. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I can dream. Don't burst my bubble. Jeez. Here, here, I got all excited that I had had an idea, and and you come along, Matt from Binghamton, and yeah, I don't think much of it. No, I didn't say that. I go. I said, "Yeah, go go for it." Okay, okay. <laughs> well, then I might. Now I have to figure out which which TV news operation wants to outsource its six o'clock show. That's all I would do, by the way. Just six o'clock, so they could keep the rest of their news operation intact. But I'll do the six o'clock news. <laughs> People will be like, "I don't know what's wrong with that guy," but I I like the rest of the station's news. That they're good, but this this kid with eyewitness news and his eyewitness news theme and driving around in his souped up eyewitness news van is a little over the top. Anyway, Matthew Ryan, what, what do you, you, what do you have to say? How about you be, why don't you start at uh, weather reporter and you can have Bob Dylan reading and you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. <laughs> we could do a lot. I, and I, <laughs> and we could have Biff Burns do sports. Okay. So anyway, anyway that's not why you called. Answer that woman. She asked, she asked the question. Why Biden said what he said about the border closing the border is because right now there is a bill that would allow him to close the border if a certain amount of people were coming in per, uh, I, I think it's 15,000 or something over, I, I don't know. But it's a prescribed number, and if, the, if it got to that level under the new legislation, which is proposed, they could close that. Right now he can't do close the border, which Trump will claim he could. The only reason he got to close the border and do what he did was because of COVID and uh, that elapsed. So um, basically this is if the new bill that every Republican senator that has any brains knows it's the best immigration bill they're ever going to get, if they would pass it, he could do that. And he said he would because he knows there's a problem at the border and, and to get, you know, get people's attention. Uh, I mean, with the resources that have been allocated, they can't process that many people. So, you know, he would close the border. That's what he was saying. 
Well, how about this? What if Donald Trump suddenly changes his mind just to confuse Joe Biden and then shows up at the White House gates and announces on live TV, on Newsmax, that he's changed his mind and suddenly he supports the bill. And then suddenly George or George Joe Biden suddenly gets so confused. He says, what? Well, if he's for it now, I must be against it. No, he, he, look, Joe Biden has proved, that's why he got, well, he didn't get many votes, but for the, for, for instance, the infrastructure bill, uh, everybody in the whole country, all the Republicans, Congress people are now are going around taking credit for it. Not one of them voted for it in, in, uh, the House. So, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's just part of the theater, but the reality is we have a, everybody agrees we have a problem at the border. Nobody wants to allocate the resources for, uh, by the way, under existing law, and you just can't, unless you're a dictator, you can't go around that law, um, you say you can't close down the border because people have a right to seek asylum. That's the way our system's set up. And, and so right now, Joe Biden couldn't close the border if he wanted to. But under the new legislation, he could, yet we know that all these Republicans, including Langford, who was sanctioned by his own state for saying it because Donald Trump behind the scenes is, is playing puppet, puppet master again. He's telling them what, um, what, telling the Speaker of the House what to do. He's admitted he talks to them all the time. And they're not going to allow it to go through because it's the only issue right now they have to run on. So, you know, and okay, and one other thing is yesterday at the end of the show, I think that guy's name begins with a D from Vestal. The last thing he said on your show yesterday was a vote for, if you don't vote for Trump, it's a vote for communism. Last I checked, the only person that's promoting communist leaders around the world is Donald Trump. He wants to let Putin have his way. And last time I checked, Putin was the most aggressive communist in the world. So if he says he doesn't like communism, then why would he support Trump, who is the one we know is in Putin's back pocket. All right. I appreciate your thoughts. Thank you. It's 11.50 at WNBF, the Thursday edition. Binghamton Now. Remember, we're on five days a week. Sadly, because of contractual obligations, I am unable to appear on Saturdays and Sundays. It's the way it is. I feel like Walter Cronkite when I explain that. I'm only able to do the program Monday through Friday. But I don't let it get me down. Five days a week, I guess, is adequate. 607-772-1290. Binghamton Now with Bob Joseph on WNBF. WNBF 11.53 with Bob Joseph live. Back to the phones we go. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, uh, hello there, Bob. It's uh, Dave. Hey, you know, what I said yesterday is you had two choices, populism or communism. 
Now, Matt knows. He knows. He can't turn it around. He knows that the Democrat Party is a bunch of communists. He knows it's not Trump that's the communist. He knows better than that. I just heard him say that I'm on the move now. Bob, what, you, know, what, you know what I still notice out here when I'm on the road, Bob? I still see quite a few people all alone in their vehicles with masks on, Bob. I, I can't. they got to be liberals. I mean, who would do that? Is COVID coming through their speakers? I mean, what, what is the purpose of that? All right. There you go. Thank you. That's Dave from Vestal. He's on the road. And that's the story from Vestal making contemporary news. Six minutes before the hour with Bob Joseph live. And let's see. I think there was something. Oh, I know. Lloyd Austin. (laughs) I mean, um, he finally has apologized. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin did issue a public apology uh, just moments ago for keeping his cancer diagnosis a secret from the American public and President Biden. He said he was hospitalized for complications from surgery to remove prostate cancer. He spent several days in the intensive care unit at Walter Reed. During that time, the White House and the public were not notified. And Secretary Austin spoke just a few minutes ago at the Pentagon, and he did acknowledge he did not handle the situation correctly. I should have told the president about my cancer diagnosis. I should have also told my team and the American public. And I take full responsibility. I apologize to my teammates and to the American people. And that is Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. We wish him well going forward with his health and also with his career And uh, as for me, apology accepted. I think he has learned an important lesson. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Airport Road, Bob, and I hate to be negative, but, uh, you know, I love listening to your show. I think your show is a great thing for the Binghamton area, Um, but it's Bob Joseph's show, and especially last week, it got to be very irritating of people calling up once, twice, three times in a day to uh, comment or or pick at the people that had made a comment before them. Come on, Bob. It's one one time, you used to have a rule, one, one call a day. Thank you. Have a great day. Love your program. Thank you. All right. Well, I, I will strongly encourage everyone to call only once a day. Call in early in the program or late in the program, but just once a day. That's what I will encourage people to do. And I am done for now, but don't worry. I'll be back tomorrow here on WNBF. Tax time. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town